All right, so glad to see you here this morning. And if you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Kings chapter number 1. We're studying the life of Elisha. And I uh, forgot to mention, too, that uh, uh, if I look a little fuzzy this morning, we're doing No Shave November. I got a little bit of a late start and, uh, uh, because I was in Israel, uh, but, uh, but we, are, we are doing that. And I know it was announced, but it wasn't uh, I maybe pushed or uh, whatever, and that's fine. It's, it's just kind of a fun thing, to be honest with you. And, uh, and then we'll uh, end that. We, we, we'll talk about that. We'll end that on December 4th, which is Sunday. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll take a look at everyone's and, and kind of decide who has the, the best or worst or whatnot and, and uh, get them a little prize or something. And so it's just a fun thing that we do. And, uh, and that's why I look scruffy. Um, and so I'll let you know about that. Second Kings chapter number 2. And uh, we're looking at the, the life of Elisha. We, of course, looked at the life of Elijah. And uh, tonight, if, if you can at all be here tonight, I want to encourage you to do so. I will be giving a, a really a slide presentation on, on our trip to Israel. And uh, I'm excited about that. And I started putting it together. And I, I, I was looking at it and I thought, boy, I don't even know how to put together 10 days. Um, I, I could probably talk... It, for 10 hours. And, and so, and I promise you, we won't have a 10 hour service tonight. All right. I can promise you that. Um, and, and I promise you that it won't be boring. Um, but, uh, but I will try and get it all, uh, not all of it in, but I'm going to highlight some of the places. And I say that to say this, that when I, every time I open up to first Kings or second Kings, I'm reminded of Elisha or Elijah rather on Mount Carmel. And, uh, and we went and we stood on Mount Carmel where, uh, where those prophets of Baal would have gathered and where Elijah had that great showdown. And uh, what a phenomenal opportunity. We looked toward the Mediterranean. And, uh, and I, have a, I was going over my slides this morning and, and, uh, and the picture I have, uh, it's all cloudy and overcast because it was rainy that day and everything is green. But you got to imagine after three years of Elijah's prophecy, it all would have been dry and the clouds, there wouldn't have been a cloud in the sky because there was no rain uh, for three years. And, uh, and so uh, it's quite amazing to have been, you know, stood right on that mount. And, uh, and we're not there this morning, we're in a different place, but uh, 2 Kings chapter number 2, Elisha, uh, and we're going to look at his commitment. Last week we looked at his call. Uh, and the fact that God touched his life and God called him and uh, God wanted to use him. And we talked about the fact that, hey, God, God wants to use us. I've often said that if God didn't want to use you, the moment you got saved, he would have taken you straight to heaven. Uh, but he left us here because he has something that he wants us to accomplish with our life. And, uh, and so we need to be aware of that. This morning, we're going to look at the commitment that Elisha, I'm going to try not to confuse these two names, uh, the commitment that Elisha had in his life. Second Kings chapter number two and verse number one, the Bible says this, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Uh, and Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, 
And as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said to him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Let's stop right there and uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you for your many blessings. God, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to be in your house this morning, Father, and gathered around your word and singing praises to your name. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person that's here. God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would encourage and strengthen the hearts of each and every person. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, we looked at it before. We're going to look at it in a different light. We looked at it in the, in the sense of uh, Elijah's life. Now we're going to look at it from the perspective, really, of Elisha's life. And uh, it's amazing how you can take Scripture and you can just look at it from different perspectives. And it's amazing how different things uh, will come to light that's totally in the text. And uh, one of the things that we see in Elisha's, from Elisha's perspective, is the commitment uh, that is necessary. You know, commitment is a large part of the Christian life. When Jesus called his disciples, what did he say? Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. That's what he said. Uh, their, their commitment was to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you remember uh, thinking about their lives for three and a half years, boy, they followed the Lord and they went everywhere that he did. And their life was dynamically different uh, from what it had been because they became followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 24, uh, Jesus said it this way, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know what the number one problem as far as commitment to the Christian life is? You know what the number one problem is? Uh, we could speculate a lot. We could say, well, it's the world. Well, it's temptation. Well, it's technology. Well, it's this or it's that. The number one problem uh, of following the Lord Jesus Christ is the person that you look at in the bathroom mirror every morning. It's ourself. Uh, we are our biggest hindrance. We're the ones that hold ourselves back. Uh, and that's why Jesus said it this way. He said, let him deny himself. Every day we wake up and, and we, uh, we have uh, plans and we have desires and we have thoughts and we have things that we're going to do. And maybe you wake up and you say, man, the very first thing I'm going to do is eat breakfast, bless God. You know, wake up raging hungry. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But, uh, but we need to be careful in our life that we don't, uh, we don't plan our entire life and, and, and we don't have any room for God in our schedule. Uh, we've got to be so careful of that. 
Uh, because oftentimes we do that. And that's not even to say we fill our schedule with bad things. We fill our schedule usually with good things and things that are, are necessary. Uh, but yet we have got to deny ourselves and look for God and what God wants in our life. Um, now, uh, now, don't tell me that God doesn't want you to go to work tomorrow, okay? Uh, now, if you're retired, hey, praise the Lord, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. But uh, if you're working a job, uh, listen, it's God's will for you to go to work. I can already tell you that, okay? Uh, because God desires that we work, uh, and he clarifies that. Uh, but, uh, but we need to deny really ourselves and say, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And how can I follow you? As we look at Elisha's life, we're going to see a great commitment that Elisha had to following the Lord. I want you to notice in verse number two, the proving of his commitment. There were several tests that, that Elijah gave uh, to Elisha. And one of those was the test of his loyalty under proving his commitment. Look with me in verse number two. And the Bible says, and Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said to him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And, uh, and listen, it was not a command that Elijah was saying, hey, uh, you stay behind and don't go with me. But you notice he says, I pray thee. In other words, hey, I'm asking you. Uh, it was a request. It was not a command. It was not a demand on Elijah's part, but rather a request that he was saying, hey, why don't you stay here? You know, the journey is long and it's difficult. And, uh, and I've been there in, uh, in the, the Valley of Jezreel. I was looking on a map of where roughly that was. And, and we traveled through there. And uh, we traveled on a nice coach bus. And so you climb up on the bus, you know. You just, and we, I didn't even have to drive, praise the Lord. And, and so the driver drives, you know. And I just sit there and look out the window and, and, uh, and watch the landscape go by. But they didn't have a coach bus in that day. Uh, they, didn't have, uh, they didn't have a nice road to travel on. And, uh, and the wilderness in that area was not a, a nice wilderness. Uh, it's a very rugged terrain. I've been in the deserts of Peru, and the deserts of Peru were sand and sand and more sand and uh, just lots of sand. Uh, but the wilderness and the desert area in Israel is a very rocky, rugged terrain. So not only is it dry and not only is it dusty and not only is it desert type uh, terrain, uh, but it's also very rocky. And so uh, just walking down the path, I mean, you've got to constantly be on the watch for, uh, for rocks that are, are, are large or, you know, that you stub your toe. And you've got to imagine, hey, Elijah is saying, hey, I'm going to travel. And I'm going to this town. Elijah, remember this about him, he was a very rugged man. He was not somebody that was, uh, that was a, a city slicker, as we would say in our day and age. He was very much so a rustic person that was very accustomed to uh, a rugged terrain. And they say that in this day that Elijah traveled, it was roughly 35 miles that he would travel from all these different places. And he went walking um, in Israel. Our guide was, uh, I forget how old he was. He was over 70 years old. I know, I know that for sure. And, uh, and I'm not kidding you. We walked probably five miles a day. And, uh, and, and that was on top of riding on the bus, you know. And so, uh, so at the end of the day, man, I was tired. I was wore out. And I thought, man, 
uh, our guide is, is running us ragged. And, and I thought, man, he is, he is in really good health. Uh, he's used to doing this. And some of the times we climb down one mountainside, uh, you know, just for fun uh, and, and for the views and all of that. And, and, uh, and it was really quite a, a trip. And uh, he didn't go with us down that one mountainside. He said, I've been down it. I was just down it last week. I'm not going this week. Brother Charlie, I'll take you and you guys can go. And, and it was a rugged trip down. And I thought, man, he's in good shape. And, and, and I thought, you know, Elijah was probably like that. He was a man that uh, he was used to getting out and he was used to going walking and he was used to going from place to place and to test his loyalty for Elisha. He was saying, hey, listen, it's a long trip. Why don't you just stay here? Why don't you relax? But Elisha said, what does he say there in verse number two? He says, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. In other words, Elisha said, listen, wherever you go, I'm going. He said, I'm not, I'm not staying back. Uh, I want to be right there by your side. Uh, there was, a, of course, a cold going around while we were in Israel. And a and, uh, and, and, and couple of the people, they were, uh, had some other things. And, and one day they weren't able to go with us and they stayed in the hotel. And I thought, man, I'm going to have to be dying if I'm staying in the hotel, I didn't come here uh, to, to, to miss a day, man. I'm going to see everything and I'm going with our guide everywhere that they go. Man, I want to see and I want to hear. And uh, we had these little earpieces, you know, that you put on and, and our guide could be way over there and he could be talking and you could hear what he was saying. And uh, uh, one day mine died and the battery had died and, and there were batteries on the bus, but I didn't have any with me. So, man, I, I was like running to stay with our guide. I'm like anywhere our guide was, I wanted to be in earshot. Why? Because I wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh, the guy was full of knowledge. And, and for Elisha, that was his idea with Elijah. He said, hey, listen, this is the man of God. And I want to be close to him. And I want to know what's going on. And even though he says, well, you can just stay right here. And, and i got to run to Bethel. Why don't you hang out here and relax? Elisha was like, no, 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 I'm hanging out here. I'm not missing a beat. I'm not missing what's going on. I want to be with the man of God every step of the way because I don't want to miss something uh, that may be important. And you got to imagine as they traveled uh, 30, 35 miles a, a that, during that entire day, that wasn't from town to town, that was the, the entire trip, uh, that, that man walks roughly, we'll just go with the average of three miles an hour. And so you're talking a good 10-hour day of walking. Uh, for that whole day that they would have walked all of that. And, uh, and you got to imagine, you know what's, you know what's kind of neat about traveling? You know what's neat about spending time with people? Is you talk on the way. And, and, and they're not, it's not recorded, but I could just imagine the fellowship that Elisha enjoyed with Elijah as he went from town to town and, and watched. And maybe he asked questions. Maybe he was uh, curious. We don't know. Maybe Elijah uh, dominated the conversation and, and, and gave him all the information. Or maybe there were times of just quietness when they were just observing the scenery. I don't know how it all went, but I know this, that Elisha, was, uh, was certainly loyal to follow Elijah. And I'm reminded with that response in the book of Ruth. Um, well, let's go there really quick. Ruth chapter 1, save your spot here in 1 Kings, and go with me to Ruth 
chapter number one. And, and you remember when, when uh, it's before Samuel there, uh, Joshua judges Ruth. First Ruth, chapter number one. You remember when um, Naomi and her mother-in-law uh, were coming back. And her mother-in-law was... Uh, was coming back and she going to Israel. Her husband had died, her two sons had died, and, and she was going to go back to Israel. She was going to return. And on her way back, uh, she told Naomi, hey, why don't you just stay here? Look with me in, in Ruth chapter number 1 and verse number 11. This is after the mother-in-law has decided, hey, that she was going to go back um, excuse me, Naomi was the, was the mother-in-law. Ruth was the, the daughter-in-law. Uh, chapter 11, verse number 11. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet more, any more sons in my womb that, ye may, that may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. You remember how uh, they had left. They had left Israel, gone down to uh, another place because of the famine. And, uh, and then God smote Naomi's husband. God smote uh, her two sons. They had passed away. They had died. And, uh, and now Naomi is like, hey, I'm going to return and go back to Israel. And, uh, and she's reasoning with her two daughter-in-laws. Hey, what's the point in hanging around? Even if I were to have another child today, even if I had a husband today and had another child, uh, would you wait for him to be grown and, and have him as your husband? And she's saying, that's crazy. That's not going to work. And so she's telling them, hey, you might as well go back to Moab and just stay with your people and stay with your place. Look with me in verse number 16. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And, where, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. In other words, Ruth was saying, hey, listen, I am going to adopt and I want your people, the nation of Israel, to be my people. I want your God to be my God. In other words, Ruth was saying, hey, I'm done with the Moabites. I'm done with the Moabite gods. I'm done with all of that. And I want to become an Israelite. And I want the God, the Jehovah God of the Bible, to be my God. And she says, I'm not leaving. I'm going with thee. And we see that same sentiment and we see that same idea that Elisha echoes uh, to Elijah. In other words, hey, uh, I want to serve the same God that you're serving and I want to learn and I want to be close to you uh, because I'm interested in learning from you. And so we see that idea of loyalty in his commitment. Uh, not only that, but I want you to notice the test of labor. And I talked a little bit about this. Uh, the path, it was not an easy trip. 
uh, some 30 to 35 miles on, in one day on foot. And uh, listen, there weren't even nice sidewalks, okay? I mean, uh, it was a rough path uh, that, that they would travel down. And yet, Elisha was saying, hey, I'm going to go. And I'm reminded of the verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 that says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, hey, listen, there's going to be hardship. Uh, listen, sometimes in serving the Lord and sometimes in being loyal, uh, sometimes there's difficulty in the way. Sometimes it's not always easy. I'm reminded of uh, Paul's missionary travels and how he was loyal to God, but yet it was very difficult. And you think about all that, that Paul endured and how he was shipwrecked, how he was thrown into prison, how he was uh, beaten and how he was stoned once and left for dead. And you go through all of the things of, of Paul's life and yet Paul was loyal even under the strenuous difficulties of the travels and of the ministry that he was involved in. And, uh, and, and we see that. Uh, listen, sometimes people are like, uh, man, it'd be exciting to be a missionary and travel. Uh, and it is exciting for the first two hours that you're driving in a car. And then it gets, uh, then it's not fun anymore, you know. And, and uh, my kids grew up on the road. We spent a lot of time traveling from place to place and going from church to church. And uh, probably one of the, I, I think probably one of the worst trips, one of, one of the worst decisions of trips I ever made was uh, we were in Oklahoma on a Wednesday night. We were at a church. And, uh, and I had to be in Pennsylvania on a Friday night in Erie, Pennsylvania. That was a dumb decision. I don't know why I, did, I scheduled that. That was just dumb. And, uh, and so Wednesday night after church, uh, we, had our, we had our van. Uh, we had our travel trailer. Wednesday night after church, man, we got in our van and we drove a couple hours that night. And, uh, and we pulled into a place and, and we all got out of the van and we got into our trailer. We didn't even disconnect it. We all went to sleep. And, uh, and when we woke up in the morning, uh, man, I, I got everyone out of bed. I said, hey, go get in the van and we're going to start traveling again. And, and we ate breakfast on the road and we traveled all that day and, uh, and made it to Indiana. And uh, again, we pulled into a place. That time we got a campground. That way we could all get a shower. And uh, we pulled into a campground. We didn't even disconnect the van. And, uh, and it was after dark and we went, got showers, uh, went to bed. And the next day we got up, we got back in the car. And, uh, and we finished out our trip up to, uh, to, to Erie, Pennsylvania, and we made it just in time to get our camper uh, set up, get disconnected, and get changed and get dressed and go set in church on a Friday night for service because they were starting a missions month, uh, a missions weekend. And, uh, and you say, man, that, that sounds exciting. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, matter of fact, I sat in church, you know, propping my eyes open and, and trying to stay awake because we had just traveled an uh, cr incredibly long journey. And, uh, and I'm just saying, I'm not saying that we're anything great. I'm just saying sometimes there's hardship in ministry. And sometimes even teaching Sunday school classes and even teaching a children's class uh, or running a van route or working in the nursery or uh, even sometimes cleaning the church or doing any sort of ministry, sometimes there is difficulty in the things that we do. And it's not always guaranteed to be easy. We see that in Elisha's life. It's what? It's his commitment that says, hey, 
even though I'm walking down this path and I stubbed my toe, even though, man, I am incredibly tired and I sure could use a drink of water and I wish I brought, would have brought a better, uh, better um, water bottle with me instead of what I have, uh, even though the trip was long and even though it was a, a tough thing for him to do, there was a test of labor that proved his commitment and said, hey, I am committed to go with Elijah. And you notice the next town, Elisha could have bailed. But, and Elijah said, hey, why don't you tarry here and just rest and relax? And Elisha says, oh, no, 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 I'm going with you. And I'm, I'm in this trip for the duration, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to uh, continue, even though it's a hard journey, I'm going to continue with you. And so we see his test of loyalty. We see his test of labor. Notice with me as well. I want you to notice this, the test of loneliness. Look in verse number three. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? We find there in verse number three and verse number uh, five that those uh, sons of the prophets, uh, they were all about the knowledge. And we pointed that out last time we went through this text because uh, it's true there. Uh, you notice they're, they're all about, hey, do you know this? And, what? and they were kind of spurring Elisha. Hey, we know that uh, God's going to take Elijah home today and that's what we know. And they're giving their all kinds of knowledge. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, Now as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And these sons of the prophets, they were, uh, they were more about, hey, we know that Elijah's going to be taken today. Almost, hey, look what we know. Do we get a grade in your class for, for, for letting you know this? I mean, they were all about the knowledge. Uh, but they weren't really encouraging. Notice there in verse number 7, I found this interesting. The Bible says this, 2 Kings 2, 7. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood, look at what it says, to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. I find that phrase very interesting. And uh, John Butler said this about it. He said it was a lack of faith. They were not right up close. You take that phrase and you look up afar off. And, uh, and boy, how many times it shows up in Scripture. Uh, the disciples, if you remember, when, when Jesus was in the garden praying and uh, the soldiers came and, uh, and then they, they, Peter took out his sword and, and cut off the one guard's ear and uh, Jesus then healed them. And then uh, Jesus went with them and all the disciples, the Bible says, forsook him and fled. But then there were two that followed afar off, Peter and John. And the Bible says they stood afar off. In other words, they, they wanted to see what was going on, but they did not want committed to be part of it. And that's kind of like these prophets. And you see that phrase several times where, where curiosity is piqued. And these students, at the, the sons of the prophets, they were very curious. And so much that they would stand afar off so that they could see what was going on. But they didn't want to be part of it. They didn't want to be committed like Elisha was committed to Elijah. And so they didn't get too close and they didn't get too involved because they, they wanted to stand afar off. 
And there's a lack of faith there as they're not involved. Uh, listen, sometimes in ministry, it'll be lonely. Sometimes uh, teaching a Sunday school class, it'll be lonely. Sometimes standing in your faith, in your place of employment, and standing for the Lord and doing what is right. Hey, listen, sometimes it'll be lonely. And there won't be anyone else who believes like you do. And there won't be anyone else who follows the word of God. Uh, the Bible says this. Uh, Paul put it this way in set, when he was writing Timothy. He said in 2 Timothy 4.16, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray that, that it may be not laid to their charge. Listen, sometimes when we stand for the Lord Jesus Christ... It may be a lonely stand. Uh, sometimes when you, when you have to stand at work and say, well, I'm not going to do this, it may be a lonely stand. Sometimes when, when you're at a work party and, 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 or maybe at work and they're saying, oh, we're all going out and drinking, and, and you're like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going out. It, it might be hard. It might be a lonely stand, and you might be by yourself, but you stand for righteousness just like Elisha stood with Elijah and said, hey, even if all those prophets, uh, sons of the prophets are just standing afar off, I'm going to stand with Elijah and I'm going to be faithful. And listen, it was a lonely stance, but he was willing to do that. I want you to notice his promise for his commitment. We've been looking at the proving of his commitment. We see three tests that were laid out there and were very clear. And Elisha had faith and Elisha was very loyal uh, to Elijah. But notice this as well, the promise for his commitment. Hey, listen, it was rewarding to spend time with Elijah. Listen, it's, it's rewarding to spend time with the Lord. It's rewarding to go that distance, even though the, the, the distance may be rough, even though the road may be rough sometimes, even though the stance may be lonely sometimes. Listen, it is worth it to be loyal for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice a couple of things here. Uh, one of the things, I don't want to get ahead of myself and there's, one thing I want to make sure here. Um, it was rewarding for Elisha to spend time. I, I want you to notice this about it. Go with me to, uh, I didn't write down the verse here. It's verse number eight. And Elijah, this is while they're walking. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry Ground. This is when they're crossing the Jordan. And those 50 prophets that were standing afar off, listen, they may, sometimes we think the Jordan is this great mighty river, and, uh, and, and it's really not that big of a river. Matter of fact, uh, our guide in Israel, he joked, he said, only, only in Israel do we call uh, the, 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 oh, the Sea of Tiberias, or the, um, I forget the other name of it, I got Red Sea on my brain, and I know that's not right. Uh, the other sea, the Sea of Galilee to the north. He said, only, do we, only in Israel do we call the, the sea uh, a lake, or the lake a sea, and, uh, and a creek a great river and a mighty river. He said, because Israel's a small land, and we don't have a lot of water. And so, uh, but he said, he said that, that river is not real big. Could you imagine if you're standing afar off, you may see that Elijah takes that mantle. You may see that he strikes the water, but you might not see that that water parts. 
because it really wasn't that big. It wasn't that deep. And, and here Elijah and Elisha went over on dry ground and those sons of the prophets may very well not have witnessed that Elijah and Elisha walked over on dry ground. But I can guarantee you that Elisha saw every bit of it because he too walked across on dry ground. And as he was walking with the man of God, listen, uh, it's rewarding to spend time with the Lord and watch God work on a personal level. The fact that Elisha would witness this and the fact that Elisha said, man, you know, I just saw the, the I just saw God work a miracle in the life of Elijah. And Elijah's not the kind of fellow that's going to broadcast that and say, hey, you know what? When I crossed the Jordan River, I smote it and God, God, God opened the waters. No, that's not the kind of man Elijah was. He wasn't going to go out broadcast and tell everyone. But the fact that Elisha was right there with him enabled him to see God working in Elijah's life and see the miracle. Not only that, I'm sure, as I mentioned, they walked and talked. And, uh, and look, at, look with me in verse number nine. We have the selected promise. Look what he says. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. Now, I want you to notice that Elijah made a direct statement to Elisha. This was not offered to the sons of the prophets. Could they see when, when Elijah was taken? Oh, they might have been able to see some of it. I mean, they were standing afar off. But they weren't close, and, and they weren't part of that group where Elijah would turn to them and say, Hey, uh, you know what? Ask what you will, and, and it'll be done unto you. But we see the promise was directed, or the question, rather, was directed specifically to Elisha. And he did ask him. And, and look at his response there in verse number 9. He says, And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. What a great, what a great response. As we see his promise, uh, his, his question uh, was directed to Elisha. And we see that Elisha's response was, Hey, listen, I want a double portion of your spirit. Uh, listen, you think about that. And you think about the fact, two, three things. One, he did not delay in requesting it. He said, I know exactly what I want. Listen, sometimes we need to be careful that we don't allow opportunity to pass us by. Um, sometimes I, I tend to delay. I'm a delayer. And, uh, and sometimes things pass me by and I'm like, man, I missed the opportunity. Uh, one on the, on, in Israel. Several times we had uh, sales guys would come on the bus and they'd pitch this sales pitch and, 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 uh, and then they'd, they'd you know, sell. And uh, the guy that was sitting by me, he, he was not a fella that missed opportunities. And so this guy got on, he was selling a necklace or something like that. And, and, uh, and the guy was like, um, he immediately said, I forget what the price was, but whatever it was, he immediately said, hey, will you give me this two for this much? And he cut the price in half or, or I don't he changed the price a little bit. And, and the guy was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so he sold it. And, uh, and the guy was off the bus and gone while I was still processing it. I was like, man, I missed an opportunity. And, uh, and that guy, he jumped on that opportunity. Listen, Elisha jumped on the opportunity. He didn't miss the opportunity. 
He didn't say, well, look, here's an opportunity where I can, I can ask something of, of Elijah uh, or of God re in reality. And so the notice his response was very quick and his speed of his response. Notice the spirituality of his request. He asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. It, Elijah was a bold prophet. Elijah was used of God. And, uh, and listen, he said, man, I want, uh, I want what you have of the Lord. And I want double of it. He's like, I'm interested in serving the Lord. Look at, look at notice the, uh, the size of the request. Look at what he says there in verse number 10. Elijah responds this, And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And he said, listen, thou hast asked a hard thing of me. Listen, we ought to ask hard things of God. You know why? Because God is able to perform it. You know what holds us back so many times? It's our own faith. Well, that would be too much. I'm not talking about physical blessings. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. I'm talking about spiritual work. I'm not talking about, oh, God, give us a, a, a building double the size of this with marble and a golden pulpit. No, no, I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual requests that we would say, God, uh, would you save this person? God, would you call this person to preach? God, would you save this family? God, would you work in and asking what, what man would classify as hard things of God? Listen, God's able to do those things. But so many times we're not asking the way that Elisha asked. He said, man, I want to... I want a double portion. I don't want just to be equal to Elijah. I want to be, I want to have a double portion. And it was not for Elisha's benefit. It was not, I, I don't believe the motivation behind Elisha was, well, so that I can be greater or better. No, no. I think his motivation was 100% spiritual and saying, I want to serve the Lord with twice the vigor and twice the uh, zeal that Elijah had. I think it was a desire, a sincere, spiritual desire. And he asked a great thing of, of God. Listen, William Carey said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things of God. Sometimes we don't see results because we don't ask. We don't, we don't ask those hard things of God. We don't uh, request those things and say, God, will you do this? And God can. You look at the Bible, you look at if God can uh, divide the Red Sea, God can do anything that we ask. If God can, uh, can part the Jordan for Elijah and Elisha to walk across on dry ground, there are so many things that God can do in our life that, that many times we just need to ask him in faith for his honor and for his glory, not to, not to make ourselves look better, not to line our pockets or make us better, but for his honor and for his glory. We need to ask those things. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, as we stand to our feet, we see the, uh, the commitment of Elisha. Well, he was a committed Christian. He was taking a stand. He was loyal. He was asking for spiritual things. He was committed to God with his life. Father, we thank you for the life of Elisha. 
We thank you for his commitment and the example that he is to us. God, he didn't falter in hardship. He didn't waver at, at traveling 35 miles, walking 35 miles in a day. God, he didn't falter or waver at staying by Elijah's side, even though the sons of the prophets held back. But God, he was there every step of the way. God, he desired spiritual fruit in his life. And oh God, that we would have the thirst and the desire and the commitment that Elisha had in his life. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. Father, we'll thank you for that. We'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. You can pray there in your seat. We'll not delay as but I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Are you committed to Christ the way Elisha was committed to God? Following him, asking him for spiritual blessings, for spiritual fruit.